You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today. Those of you joining us live, we appreciate it. You're listening to us on the podcast. Thank you. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, even our YouTube viewers, we know you're subscribing on the channel. Make sure you hit that notifications bell so you know when we're live. But also, do us a big favor. This would be huge for us. Uh, it really helps us. We're, we're in third place. Yes, we are third in the nation amongst the Odyssey Sports original podcast in the NFL behind the Eagles and Cowboys podcast. And I know Raiders and fans do not want to lose to Eagles and Cowboys. So even if you listen or watch us on YouTube 99.9% of the time, go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts on your mobile device. Do that for us. That'll help us out significantly. And we certainly appreciate that as well. Bringing back in my partner, uh, Mr. Momo, and he's a national uh, NFL writer for Bleacher Report, also Sports Not. He is the Raiders columnist. And my good friend, and uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, and I am at L-V Gully. Mo, let's talk about the penalty, because, you know, Murph said it at the end of the last segment as he was saying goodbye about, hey, never apologize. And I, and I didn't assert that, that Raider fans should apologize for it. I just thought it was a crappy call, just like I thought the call against uh, Tom Brady on Sunday was a crappy call. And so if it's a crappy call, if it's for the Raiders or against the Raiders, I'm going to say it's a crappy call. Um, but but at the same time, that seemed to have an impact on that Arrowhead crowd, clearly. And it seemed to help change momentum along with the field goal at the end of the first half for the Chiefs. Yeah, well, I'm not going to give credit to the penalty for the Chiefs coming back on the Raiders because part of that Raiders defense and penalties of their own. But I, what I will say is this about bad calls, right? And I said this on Twitter. Raiders fans shouldn't shed any tears for bad calls against the opposing team because we all know what Raiders fans had to sit through. Murph just rattled off a bunch of bad calls that the Raiders fans had to had to uh, <laughs> bemoan over the years. But what I will say is that referees are human. What they're prone to do is if they feel that they made a bad call, if they second-guess a bad call that they, that they made against another team in favor of the Raiders – Expect a makeup call later in the game. Yes, and I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that happened in this game. I think it did, but when you have a bad call go against you, the pendulum is going to swing back the other way. So, to me, as a person watching the game, as a as a writer, as a, as a 
objective writer. I want to see an offic- a good officiated game. And exactly. I would say this game wasn't officiated well. Nope. Because once you have a bad officiated game, you're going to start to see makeup calls. Oh, since we made a bad call here, we have to make up for it here. And I don't want to see that. And that's why people say, well, so what? They made a bad call against the Chiefs and the Raiders benefited from it. I said, well, pause for a minute because now you're probably going to get a makeup call later in the game that could swing the, the momentum here. And again, we saw a lot of Raider penalties late, a lot of it on their on their on their behalf but some of it you know kind of ticky tack subjective you could call it you could not call it maybe max crosby could have could have uh drawn a penalty in the end zone there when travis kelsey scored one of his touchdowns maybe but i just want to see a good officiated game throughout on both sides because yes. i don't want to hear about makeup calls later in the game and i think i think we got that today yeah and and, and i that's what i want to talk i mean that was the first thing i wanted to touch on and i agree i mean i i think the NFL officiating overall, they have a problem. They've had it for several yeah. years, and they don't address it. Some of it's the competition committee. You heard Troy Aikman talk about it on the broadcast. I think some of it is that. They need to address, hey, what is a roughing the passer? Why not be able to review it and say, you know what? This guy jumped on him. This guy did not jump on him. Whatever it is, you can see there what happened and have, have an opportunity to correct the call and see if there was truly intent there because it is a game of football with grown-ass men falling on one another. Okay, mm-hmm. so you you even the quarterback, I think there's too much. Even Troy Aikman, who was an oft-injured quarterback towards the end of his career who got really banged up, said they're doing too much to protect the quarterback. So that's one thing that has to be addressed. Let's let's hit some on other topics too, uh, outside of officiating, which gets old for me. Um, but let's talk about Derek Carr's performance. Derek Carr statistically had another good performance. If you look at what he did, he did some great things in the game. He was 19 of 30, 241 yards, two touchdown passes, no interceptions. The fumble, of course, didn't exist because it was called a penalty, roughing the passer. But when you look at his performance, I called it out on Twitter during the game is I continue to see him underthrow balls. Some people, oh, he's underthrown him his whole career. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to get into that argument. But I will tell you that I have thought throughout this season that that has been the case. Even on the touchdown to start the game, the 68-yarder to Devontae Adams, 58-yarder, excuse me, uh, it was underthrown. And we saw it towards the end of the game. He had some nice balls that were thrown uh, on target and and where they should be and others that aren't. Um, is this just part of this all just not clicking yet? I don't think it's all a part of it not clicking yet. As you, I mean, some people have pointed out on Twitter, Derek Carr is throughout his career, he's underthrown some mm-hmm. some passes. I mean, going back to Henry Ruggs, hate to bring him up because his situation, but even with Henry Ruggs, I understand he's a speedy wide receiver, but this isn't new for Derek Carr. Um, he's known for underthrowing pl- passes and sometimes – uh, there's a penalty call and he, you know, you don't really talk about it because you get the yardage anyway. But this, to me, this isn't like Derek Carr didn't just start throw, underthrowing passes this year. I, I've seen this for years from him and a lot of people have griped about it. But uh, to me, that wasn't a big part of this. What, what worries me about this team, and it's not Derek Carr after today's game. What worries me about this team is that, and I hate to hijack the topic situation discussion, but... <laughs> <laughs> Josh okay, McDaniels. Josh McDaniels comes from the New England Patriots, who are known for what? Paying attention to detail. Yes. What did the Raiders focus on during the offseason? Not committing penalties. What happened today? Mm. Raiders had 11 penalties for 99 yards. And we what, what did we talk about with Murph before he left? Raiders not good situation in crucial in crucial moments that seem to fold. This yes. is uncharacteristic of a Patriots like culture. So my thing is, if you're getting Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, who come from New England, 
I know it's the, it's not the Patriot win in Las Vegas, but if they're known for details and clean football and you're not getting that in these games, to me, that is the focus of the issue. That's something they need to focus on during mm. the bye week if they want to start rattling off some wins, which they will need to do if they're going to make it into the playoff mix. But that has to be addressed definitely. Well, and, and you bring up a good point there, which is and, – and, and maybe maybe it's it's incorrect to – to call it coaching per se, but that's what I was trying to bring up earlier, which is, and, and you said that Patriot culture. Now that is true. And, and, and the problem is Josh McDaniels is not Bill Belichick. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's taking a culture from somewhere else, taking what he wants from it. And we don't know how much of it is and how much of it isn't and instilling it or trying to install it with the Raiders. And clearly there's been misses and it's not resonating because to your point, the hallmarks of that Patriot offense, just focusing on the offense, in New England was not a lot of penalties, not a lot of self-inflicted wounds, not a lot of turnovers, all the stuff that we were talking about during the offseason, and they did well in the preseason on it. But now, even with a couple of the questionable calls, because I'll get we'll get comments on YouTube that, oh, this will call this call. Even with those questionable calls, Mo, there were a lot of unforced errors. That includes even Dylan Parham, the sack on 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 uh, Derek Carr, which he basically just swung the gate open and said, "Here, kill my quarterback." So you're seeing a lot of these unforced errors, and I think mental errors that point to what Derek Carr said two weeks about and called out, not people by name, about people not focusing in practice and some guys not taking it seriously. Um, this continues to be an image. I don't think they get over the hump until that changes. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I'm again, I'm in New York, so I watch a lot of Giants games. I cover the league, and so I've watched a lot of Cowboys games because they're on TV a lot. And I'm watching two teams. uh, As far as the Giants are concerned, the Giants have a fourth of the Raiders' offensive talent, but yet they play clean football. They don't turn the ball over, and guess what? They're 4-1. They win games. Uh, The Cowboys lose their starting quarterback in Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush is out there. He's undefeated as a starter. What do the Cowboys – how are the Cowboys playing football right now? Mm. clean football less penalties they don't have self too many self-inflicted wounds why is it that a new coaching staff can come to the giants the cowboys can go to a backup quarterback and play clean football the raiders have all of this talent they get this head coach who's supposed to be detail oriented and they can't play clean football and to me it mm. just comes down it comes down to execution i don't know the coaches can coach till their faces turn blue but the play it has to translate to the players on the football field yeah, and that that's where that's where I get concerned with what happened with Adams walking off the field tonight because listen, I don't think he'll be a problem. I think he's a vet. I think his personality doesn't lend to that. We never heard any reports of that in Green Bay even though he had frustrations there. But but you certainly start to worry about a locker room. Now, I think the bye, even though they go into the bye with this loss and sit at 1 and 4, um I think the bye week's almost good. They can decompress. They get a few days probably away from the team with their family, their loved ones, wherever they're going to go. Uh, and it allows them to come back and say, all right, <laughs> this is it. You got to focus now. Now you should have done that before the end of the season, but they are where they are. Okay. And, and our good friend, Kevin Wynn on YouTube brought up the point too. How long did it take to instill and grow that Patriot culture, right? For Bill Belichick. And I think that's true. And Murph brought it up earlier as well. Right. Mo, which is, it takes some time, and I know fans want it, and it's disappointing. There's no question it's disappointing to be one and four. I, I mean, no one's questioning that. You said no moral victories. At the same time, 
Um, you have to give it. Now, if this team ends up two and 15, okay, then, then there's a little more panic setting in. I don't think they will like you. I think they're going to go on a nice little run here. Uh, but certainly right now for fans, it's disappointing. Um, it's disappointing to see somebody like Darren Waller not play. Let's talk about a positive though. Okay. You ready? I know you guys are out there all bitching and complaining and that's your right. And I'm there with you and we're there to give you therapy, but Josh Jacobs, I mean, Mo, what else do you wanted this guy to do? Again, tonight, um, he has a huge game for this team and just looked like a tank running out there. 21 carries, 154 yards, a touchdown. Um, I think 21 is on the low side again. You know, last week was 28, right? Um, and so so he, there was a stretch there where they didn't use him. But Josh Jacobs is, is making this offense go. There's no question. It's not Derek Carr at this point and Devontae Adams, although they're both doing well. It is Josh Jacobs. I think it's balance. Uh, it's a little bit of both. You saw the big place that Devontae Adams downfield and Josh Jacobs running angry again. I tweeted out, uh, Josh Jacobs is running like a team, didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Um, <laughs> there's some motivation there. He may not <laughs> be course. upset. He may not be upset about the Raiders not picking up his option. I think uh, there was a you know discussion about him on the broadcast saying that not him saying, but him telling a reporter that and he wasn't upset, but it was extra motivation. And like I said on a, on another show, that the Raiders probably didn't just didn't want to pay him eight million. I don't think it was meant any disrespect by it, mm-hmm. but I, I just didn't they didn't want to pay that value, that money, that dollar amount for him. But yes, he is playing inspired football right now. And that's part of the reason why I think the Raiders can come out and go on a run after the bye is that over the last couple of weeks, they've just Josh McDaniels has discovered balance within his offense. They have a good mix of pass and run there. Now, if they can get Darren Waller on the field, you can see it in full blast. Now, hopefully he's healthy coming out of the bye. But to me, that's one of the positive points you can take away, even even though the Raiders go in with a loss, is that their offense is starting to click. It, it just has to click again. I'm going to sound like a broken record. It just has to click for most of the game. Uh, four quarters. You can't do it for three quarters. You can't do it for a half against these playoff teams. You got to do it for a full game. You do. And and, and I think that that, you know, that's key. Um, and I think, uh-oh, we got some noise going on in the background. Um, I, I think that that's, that's key. And, and and it's hard for, the I think, folks to to understand that, sometimes it does take time and I get people have strong opinions and I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. I think you have, you have two opportunities. One is you can, you can be down in the dumps and think this team is going nowhere and they're going to, they're going to lose 15 games or you can say, Hey, let's take it week by week and see where it goes. And I think that's sort of what you have to do if you're in Raider nation, but Mo looking at the stats too, that's the thing, you know, you look at stats if let's say you've slept through this game, something happened and you missed it. You look at the Raiders, right? Total net yards, 378 to the Chiefs, 368. Average gain on offense, to your to your argument about this offense starting to get balanced and starting to get moving, 6.8 yards uh, a play compared to 5.3 for the Chiefs. Uh, 155 yards rushing, obviously, 223 in passing. The penalties obviously killed them on that. Um, that offense is moving but what it's not doing is being efficient, right? The Chiefs are efficient. The Chiefs had less yards all the way through except for passing, uh, but they make the most of them. Again, we saw the Raiders, not, they only got into the red zone twice, uh, and they had to settle for field goals again as they were driving on the Chiefs' side of the field. So you had that negative four net again with some of those plays. Not the really long field goal, but a couple of the other ones. It, 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 again, that offense, it, it moves and then it stops, right? 
And so that that consistency with the offense and being able to cash in when you're moving the ball um, has to be something that's corrected once they get out of this bye. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Definitely got to have sustained drives on offense in both halves of the game. I believe the Rays only scored, what was it, nine points in the second half. So, again, just a, you know, heckling jive type, heckling, uh, Jekyll and high type of performance there. But I want, I want to get to the two-point conversion because we haven't really talked too much about that was that. next there wanna, you go Perfect. i just want to i'll toss it back to you and i i know what i said to you during the chat and a lot of people took my tweet out of context and before you start i just want to say i understood what josh mcdaniels is trying to do there his defense yep. is struggling so he's trying to he's basically saying I, i'm gonna have to win this with my offense because my defense is crumbling against the chiefs in the second half i need to go in and take the lead so if that two-point conversion works out again that's an if but if that two-point conversion works out, then the Raiders can kind of just milk the clock on that last possession. But because they missed it, they had to drive and at least get in field goal range. And I think he had confidence that his offense, even if it was in that situation, that they could get in field goal range. But, of course, Devontae Adams unable to get that left toe down and, you know, couldn't move the ball. Then Hunter Renfro and Adams run into each other, and it all looks like a bad decision. But I understood yeah. because I see that decision made all every week in, in the NFL where teams are like, okay, my defense is struggling. I need to win this with my offense. So I understood the call. I would have done something different, but I understood the call there. <laughs> you mean you would have called a different play in that situation? I would have just kicked the extra point. <laughs> okay, yeah. So yeah. so I, I didn't disagree with the two-point either for two reasons. One, which they mentioned on the broadcast, which statistics, right? Playing your odds. Let's go to Vegas and let's say, mm-hmm. if I tell you, hey, if you bet on red on the roulette wheel, just for sake of argument – you have a 30% chance of winning your money back plus plus the winning. Or if you bet on black, you have a 15% chance of winning the game overall. What would I do? I'll take the higher percentage, number one. Number two, to your point about the defense and worrying about it, well, then you say, well, yeah, but if we get the two-point conversion, then we still have to stop them on defense. Yes, you do, but at least you have the lead, and if something crazy happens, you get a turnover, you're, you're, you're in a position already. You're not tied and going to overtime on the road. Not only that, but you're one and three, and you need something to fire up the team. And so I think that all of that put together – and again, you, you make a great argument if for kicking the extra point. There's great arguments I'm seeing on the YouTube chat and I saw on Twitter all night about why you kick it. And part of me would say, yeah, I agree with that. Kick it, get the tie, and then get your offense another chance, maybe in overtime to get the ball back. Um, but you're playing Kansas City. What they've done late in games is hard, too. And so you're on the road in a very hostile environment. So I understood it. It didn't make me angry. They still had a chance. All they had to do was get in the field goal range with the best field goal kicker, I think, in the NFL, and you win the game. So, so at, at the end of the day, I don't think the call hurt them at all. 
Here's my thing. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. So correct, if the Raiders make correct. that two point conversion brilliant. and they win this game thirty one to thirty, everyone's saying what a brilliant call, right? Everyone's yeah. looking back. Oh, great call, Joshua Daniels. He he redeemed himself. All this. Oh, we we needed that two point conversion up. Lift big us. balls. It was it was, yeah, it yeah. was yeah. He's got he's got big balls and Tesla <laughs> fortitude, and that's what I want to see in my head coach. Go for it, aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Because we talked about this on Twitter. The Raiders had to keep their foot on the Chiefs' neck. That's been said over and over on Twitter. And then when he gets aggressive and he doesn't make it, people go, oh, he's a bum. He's an idiot for doing it. And like I said, I would have kicked the extra point. But I totally understand with the way your defense is playing, and I get you still have to make a stop. But as you said, even if they don't make the stop and you get the ball back, and you, by the way, as you yeah. said, your offense is moving the ball 6.8 yards per play. So you're not even having issues moving the ball. So you don't get If they score and they up, they go up by six or they miss a two-point conversion and you have a bigger lead, then – you get the ball, you score, you're basically in the driver's seat. And I think that's yeah. the mentality Josh McDaniels had is that, look, we're not going to play for the tie. We're yeah. going to play to take the lead and get the win. Yeah, and and I listen, I understand. I saw some people making the point on Twitter, and I think somebody just made it in the chat too. 427 left in the game. It wasn't like there was two minutes left. And mm-hmm. so I, I understand that argument, and, and it's hard for me to argue with it. I think that's a good point. Um, but again, as a coach – you know, we, we can sit here all day and criticize, but we're not on the field. We don't do it for a living. And so uh, as fans, as observers, as journalists, we can we can say what we think. But at the end of the day, you do what you think is best for your team. Uh, and in this case, it didn't work out for the Raiders. And Josh Jacobs came up just short. I mean, he keeps that knee off the ground a little bit longer and he might have got in. So it's an interesting point. But, Mo, we look at this Raiders team. We talked earlier about playoff chances and statistics and all that. That's sort of out the window. If you're sitting there and you're talking to, and I know you'll write up on Bleacher Report and up on Sports Not This Week about this uh, heading into the bye, but if you're a Raiders fan and and you're sticking by your 10-7 and 7 prediction, but if you're a fan and you're looking for the silver lining in what has been an incredibly disappointing 1-4 and four start, what is it? How do you sustain yourself as a Raider fan, get through this by and get excited for the next week? Basically, what I alluded to uh, a few minutes ago is that your offense is is starting to come together. Um, clunky to start the season. Uh, you put up a lot of points on a pretty decent or pretty good Denver defense, I think. And then you you go toe to toe with the Chiefs. You start off 17-0. You kind of ran that kind of you ran out of gas in the third quarter, tried to pick it up in the fourth quarter. Couldn't get it done, but the offense to me has started to perform a lot better with the balance. You talked about Josh Jacobs getting him involved to me has turned the off has turned the tide with that offense, and they're starting to turn the corner. Now, again, you want Darren Waller back to get that offense in full tilt, and hopefully he's healthy enough to play coming out of the bye. But I think the silver lining is the offense is performing well enough that if your defense has some lapses, maybe not against playoff teams, you could still sustain a lead. Not against the Chiefs, a high-powered offense, but I read out the teams that they're going to play coming out of the bye. Uh, you get in the Texans, you get in the Jags who have sputtered. I know the Seahawks are high-scoring, but I'm not a total believer because their defense absolutely stinks. The Seahawks <laughs> and the Lions had the two worst defenses in the league. They don't, The Raiders don't play the Lions, but they get the Seahawks. The teams that they're playing, all the teams that I talked about when Murph was here, the Raiders have a better offense than all six of those teams before they, play the Chargers, before they play the Chargers again. So yep. this is why I still believe that they can go on a run. Now, as Murph said, if they drop a game to the Texans, if they drop one to the Jags, if they if they get blown out by the Denver Broncos and, and or the Colts, then I will pull back. But I still believe their schedule is set up for them to go on a run. But as I said, 
they have to get to the details. They have to cut down on the penalties. Whether you think the penalties are ticky-tack or not, there are some self-inflicted wounds in there that they have to fix if they're going to win some football games because, as I said, the good teams mostly play clean football. Right, and I will say this, too, with with the focus and and the players. Look, we've known, and you all know, if you're honest with yourself, the right side of the offensive line is not where it needs to be. It never has been, and Dave Ziegler owns that. He didn't address it. He chose to give Darren Waller the money. He gave Hunter Renfro the money. He gave Derek Carr the money. I'm not arguing with some of those calls. I'm just saying, just like life, uh, Mo went out and got his new Yankee cap, which was a bad choice, but he did. So he makes trade-offs. So instead of going out and getting, you know, an extra thing of gelato, he's buying a hat. So he made a trade-off. He made that choice. No sushi. Sorry, Lynn. (laughs) No sushi. (laughs) Uh, But but my point is they made their choice. They spent their money where they spent it. They did not spend it on the offensive line. We're starting to see some of that come true. We saw Illuminar with two big penalties tonight or three. I can't remember if it was three or not. I know it was two for sure. So so you're starting to see that stuff. Um, come up now do they play well in spots yes but when you're not true starters on the offensive line and 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 are the offensive line that you need to maybe win a Super Bowl that's what happens you get kind of what you get and so I think that's what the Raiders are seeing up there can they get better absolutely must they get better you betcha so we'll have to see if that if that happens but um go ahead by the way to your point the Reds have had five different starting offensive line combinations in five games they keep switching this today they they had Dylan Parham at left guard and they flipped Alex Bars to right guard you cannot tell me that before the season the plan was to have Alex Bars as your starting guard you cannot convince me of that no matter what Josh McDaniel says no matter what Dave Ziegler says there's no way you can convince me that Alex Bars was the guy they said yeah Alex Bars is going to be our starting guard and he's going to hold down the fort there's no way no, he can tell me that. No, I, I agree 100%. And so, but that that's what they got, right? They they, they, they spent their money, and that's where it's going to be. They need to get Darren Waller healthy, and Darren Waller needs to contribute. They need to get that offensive line to continue to gel and maybe settle on some guys there. Um, Josh Jacobs doing his job. Derek Carr, for the most part, doing his job. Can he do better? Yeah, he can do better, too. Yeah, they all can do better. That's the point when you're one and four. Everybody can do better. All right, Mo. Well, it's been a late night, um, and we certainly have gone through this. I hope some folks out there got some therapy, right? One other thing, one other positive. Yeah. We're starting to see Chandler Jones come alive. Yes. That's another silver lining for the defense. Chandler Jones is starting to make plays. I'm taking credit. I called it. No, I said he would get a sack. I was wrong. But, man, (laughs) but you know what? But it's a great point, though, Mo, because – as invisible as he's been at times. And I know somebody's going to run a film video on YouTube telling me how great he does with this and that. The reality is he's paid $17 million to get at the quarterback. And if you're not doing that, I'm sorry. I don't care what else you're doing. It's not what you were brought to do. He did it tonight. He did it tonight. And what's encouraging about that to me, Mo, is it was a big game. You want, again, you want your big players to show up at the time when you need them most so he did that in the first half. Second half, not so much. Everybody struggled in the second half. But, uh, yeah, that was very encouraging. I agree with you 100%. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. Mo and I will be back on Thursday with a full edition, and then we'll have the mailbag edition on Friday, and we'll see what else pops up. But, Mo, uh, Raider Nation in, in a tough position tonight. I know it's going to be a rough night for them and a rough morning as well. But uh, what's your parting words to our listeners and viewers out there who aren't feeling so great about one and four right now. I understand it's hard now. Uh, we're, we're only five games into the season. 
Uh, no more victories at all. Again, no more victories. You either win or or you lose. But let's be honest. No one's getting fired during a bye. So save your breath on fire McDaniels, fire Graham, fire this guy. Fire. No one's getting fired. <laughs> uh, the Raiders are going to ride it out with the, with the coach staff that they have. Derek Carr is going to be the starting quarterback. And they're going to try to fix what they have. Because as, I, as we discussed, they can do it. They just need to sustain it for a full game. Now, if they could do that, They'll turn the tide, and that that one and four will turn into a winning record. Now they have a schedule. I don't want to call it easy because there are no cupcake walks in the NFL, right? But their schedule is set up so, to the point where they can they can go on a run. They can go on a five, four, or five game run. It's there for them, but they have to execute it on the field, and we'll see if they can do it. I think they have the tools. I think they have the players and the, and the personnel to do it. We'll see if I'm right. I'm still sticking to my 10 and 7 prediction. Take a deep breath. I know it's tough tonight, but take a deep breath. <laughs> Think about it and come back after the bye, during the bye. And we'll go through it during the show, of course. Check in with us. You'll get your breath of fresh air. You there's will. still hope. There's still optimism. You will. And now on Thursday, I'm wearing my Padres hat. <laughs> when they'll be up 2-0 and on the Dodgers. Woo! All right. Sorry. I, I know, know there's a lot of Dodger happen. fans watching. We've got a lot of fans in LA. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. It's tough. They own the Padres. They own the Padres. Fourteen. They're fifteen and four against the Padres over the course of the year. But that's okay. Don't tell me the odds. Uh, all right, Mo. I will talk to you on Thursday, my friend. All right. Appreciate it, Scott. All right. Uh, thank you guys all for being with us again. Do us a favor if you're watching us on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Hit notifications. You got to hit both of them. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Uh, also, the podcast. Please do us the greatest favor of subscribing and turning on auto download for the silver and black today, wherever you get your podcast. Doesn't matter if you're on Apple, Android, your computer, and you listen to Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts there. If you're a Spotify listener, Stitcher, whatever you're listening to, subscribe to us. We would appreciate that as always. For Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. This has been the post-game edition. Raiders, 30-29 to 29 losers to the Chiefs. I'm Scott Branson. We will talk to you all on Thursday. Take care, everybody.